0: happy friday everyone welcome to the daily covfefe live on unsafe space i'm your host carter laren and i'm joined as always by the bad mama Jamma and country music aficionado carrie smith
1: hello carter i don't know if i would call me an aficionado okay if if you know more than one country song then you're an aficionado compared to carter (laughs) that is true uh I just want to point out there's only 11 people watching right now, which is why it's a good idea to be five minutes late because then more people amass.
0: Well, what we should do is we should have like a, we should put our like waiting sign up, right? And have, but we didn't want to subject them to the music that I chose Ah, (laughs) to accompany that video. So, Carrie, though, you you are arguing for country music. Uh, I disagree with you, but. I did promise to share with the audience your idea of a good intro song. Can I, Should I do that now?
1: Okay. I, well, I literally just found this five minutes ago, so I can find much better ones, but this song made me laugh. Play it. Okay. Imagine, so... imagine if this was the waiting music.
0: Okay. So, yeah. This is, yeah. Close your, close your eyes. Imagine, if you will, a podcast with this waiting music. <laughs> uh, wait. What, it's the first one, Carrie? Mm-hmm. Stomp and slide.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know how much longer I can do this. <laughs>
1: There's a part where he starts whispering. Look, it. I, <laughs> I think this music, make, this music makes me think of Eastbound and Down. That's what makes me happy.
0: Wait, it makes you think of what?
1: You know the TV show Eastbound and Down? No. Okay. Okay, Carter. <laughs> Marianne says unsubscribe. Yeah, I know, AZ Gardner. It's not real country. It's, just, it's funny to me that that was the first thing that came up in search. No, no, no. I wouldn't call that r- real country either. Don't worry. But it is upbeat, Laura, thank you. It does make me laugh.
0: Well, uh, Andrew Thompson, though, correctly points out, Carrie, that uh, you've trained people so that you would always be late so they don't show up on time because they don't expect it. But Carrie, I want to warn everyone, she's turning over a new leaf, so you better show up on time if you want to see the beginning of the show.
1: I really think we should do the five minutes late thing, but that's okay. Okay we can disagree. Let's go ahead.
0: No, actually I don't mind doing the 5 minutes late thing, but you need to show up on time. If you're sitting there for 5 minutes talking to me while while we're waiting to start, that's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Today I, was, awesome. was today the day you were going to meet me. You were going to have a, we were going to have a call at 12:30 and you're like, "No, I'll say that it's noon so that I Will be on time, and I didn't even consider that it would be noon. But you did show up on time at twelve thirty, so yeah, it worked.
1: I told you. Yeah. Um. Um, I guess we should start a show now, right? Yeah. We're doing this is a podcast called Daily (laughs) Puffy on Unsafe Space, and we're glad you're joining us. And if you're a first time viewer, um. We, only, we do live ones on, on Fridays and Mondays, and so that's why you're getting a live show today. And if you want to interact in chat, feel free to... We try to, We don't have an um, editor, what do you call it? We don't have one of the production assistants who can help us, but we try to pay attention to what's happening in chat, too. And if you have any questions, let us know. Um,
0: which is which, why sometimes if the camera is weird, uh, it's because I forgot to press the button because we don't have a producer, but yes. And we yeah. don't have a moderator in chat either. But that's right. We do have... Um, I like to actually, I like when people bring topics. Someone wanted to talk about um, Joe Rogan. I guess Joe Rogan said he'll probably vote for Bernie. Did you see that, Carrie?
1: Uh, I didn't. I I just saw it in the chat. Um, I didn't know that he had done that. But um, I voted for Bernie. You know this. People that watch know this. I voted for Bernie. I still like Bernie. I'm not going to vote for him this time. But I, I can't vote for him this time. But I still think he's, unlike a lot of them, I think he's, well-intentioned and you know that's something you and i disagree on sometimes that i think intent matters a lot so um anyway why why are people mad at him
0: yes yes that's apparently the news is people are mad in fact um uh here your favorite friend uh (laughs) your one of your favorite friends actually crowder's steven crowder's favorite friend carlos maza uh got bent out of shape about it he says bernie's campaign cutting cutting a campaign ad with joe rogan effing sucks rogan is an incredibly influential bigot and democrats bigot. should be marginalizing him
1: oh wait so Mazza's is mad that bernie's bernie's associating with rogan not that yeah. rogan is picking bernie oh wow he doesn't like rogan that's so funny rogan is um here's the interesting thing about rogan he is uh you know they they've he's been labeled part of the idw the intellectual dark Web, the it's kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek word for people who don't toe this SJW ideological line, and he's been labeled as one of the people in this group. But he's not really. It's not like he's a big thinker or taking big positions. He does on a few things, like on transgender athletes in sports. He takes a he takes a definite stance. But for the most part, he's just a really good interviewer, and he'll talk to anyone. And he has interesting people on, and he talks to a lot of the people who don't tow the like thinkers who don't tow the sjw line and so to call him a bigot it's like wow they're really they've really expanded the category now where they're picking up rogan someone who's just an interviewer yeah but what they don't like about him is he
0: yeah he gives platform to people with wrong think basically right
1: which is crazy that i mean that goes to show you exactly who they are which is that they don't they don't talk to anyone they want to talk to anyone who disagrees with them, it's all like on lockdown. Like Rogan will talk Rogan will talk to people across he'll have SJWs on too, you know he's oh, not just like yeah totally, yeah he's yeah. he talks to anyone so that's really funny to me that Mazza calling him, that means the category of who they're now calling a bigot is even bigger than I realized.
0: <laughs> well yeah and and Rogan. I, to me, Rogan is just pretty milk toast. Like, there's nothing about his views that are interesting. Like, he actually doesn't – He he. I think he's smarter than he lets on. Like, he knows topics really well. So when he interviews people, sometimes he'll have um, context and knowledge about a topic that you wouldn't expect. So, like, he's not dumb. He just doesn't have, like he, – he doesn't have many convictions about stuff. He's kind of like, oh, well, I guess this or whatever. But he'll talk to everyone about anything. Um, yeah. And that's, I guess, that's the problem with him is he'll talk to everyone about anything. I know he had Molyneux on. I'm sure that upset the left quite a lot. Um, oh,
1: they don't, they don't like him talking to Peterson. I'm sure. Weinstein, uh, Brett Weinstein, any of these got right. sad. You know. Yep. Um, he, he, but that's that whole guilt by association thing. It's just that it, it's broadened to such a degree now. I, I find that kind of funny. Yeah, you're picking someone who is not controversial in the least. I would say. Uh, I mean, I don't he's think a bigot. so
0: yeah I don't I don't think someone Um, someone points out in chat that Rogan lets other people talk about their ideas that's the that's the big issue probably it's not just that he's lets people on the show it's that he doesn't like he's not hostile towards guests with whom he disagrees he lets them explain their idea and is like I'm not sure I agree with that but and like moves on he doesn't constantly slam them if if he disagrees with their ideas I think
1: um well and like Laura says it's like Dave Rubin they also want to trash Dave Rubin um For doing this, you know, for having a popular uh, program where he interviews people and he'll he'll talk to anyone. Same thing. Yeah, it's so different than their programs. If you watch, because I mean, I come from that world. I come from the SJW world, and uh, they don't invite conservatives. They don't. They won't talk to anyone. They will only talk to the people in their echo chamber. It's very rare. On our show, uh, the the show, a late night show I produced, um, it was called Totally Biased on FX. We were what I like to call the first SJW show. <laughs> I think of it that way, anyway. Um, but we'll but give you we,
0: credit for that, Carrie. That's fine.
1: It's that's awful. I know, but <laughs> it. Uh, who was it? One of our guests pointed out to me that, it, and I'd forgotten this. At least we, at least back then, and this was only like what was this, like 2012 or something. We at least back then we tried to have both sides of a conversation on. We would, have, we would talk to, we would have people on the, quote, other side once in a while. They don't do that anymore at all. Now it's just like, you're evil. If you disagree with us, we're not going to have a conversation unless we can do a gotcha interview kind of thing, you know? Anyway. Right.
0: right. Um, and, and, and shut you down and not let you talk and basically call you ad hominems in front of people. Um, someone in chat asked if, what I think about Michael Savage. I know of Michael Savage, but I don't think I've ever listened to Michael Savage, so I have no idea what I think. of I don't think of Michael Savage. I guess is the answer. Um, sorry, should I think of Michael Savage? Um, also, someone else pointed out Rogan is a socialist. Yeah, I think Robin, Rogan describes himself as a socialist. Does
1: so, he? I don't yeah. know.
0: Which is, which makes sense, which is why he would vote for Bernie, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um. What are you gonna do?
1: So I'm struggling today with a cold or allergies or something. So <clears throat> just so you know. So there may be muting for sneezing. <laughs> but uh you, you uh you have some topics queued up. There's one of them I really do want to talk about.
0: We'll talk about that one first because
1: let's do it. The Elizabeth uh, Warren one.
0: Yeah, because you want it. So all right. Well let's Do you see. have
1: do you have the video?
0: Yeah. Uh I can pull up the video right here. That's why, see this is why we're using the new thing, Carrie. I can pull the video right up. It's now up. And now I just have to figure out how to use my mouse properly. And I can show it to everyone else. You could probably hear it. You want to watch it? That's All good. right. So I this is... I um,
1: now, I haven't seen this yet, Carter. I just read about it. And I wanted to actually see it.
0: So this is a father who comes up to Elizabeth Warren. She's, the context here is he wants to talk about student loans. I think everyone knows that she is... Uh, one of, part of her platform is student loan forgiveness. So he comes up and asks her a... I'll be, you know, admittedly hostile question. Okay.
1: I was hoping the teacher's way. I'm having hard time. Yep. Hi. Hello. 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 Uh,
0: Hello. I just want to ask one question. My daughter's getting out of school. I've saved all my money. She doesn't have
1: any school. Am I going to get my money back? Yeah. Of course not.
0: So, do you hear what he said, first of all? I know it's hard to hear.
1: Yeah. He said uh, he, his daughter went to school and he saved all of his money to pay student loans. Is he going to get his money back? And right. she says, of,
0: of course, course not. not. So you're going to pay for people who didn't save any money, and those of us that did the right thing get
1: screwed. Of course we did.
0: My buddy had fun, bought a car, went on vacations, I saved my money. He made more than I did, but I worked a double shift, worked extra, my dollars works each 10, so you're laughing. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. We did the right thing, and we get screwed. I
1: appreciate your time.
0: I appreciate your time.
1: Look at her face. This makes me sick. She is laughing at him. I'm glad I got to see this on video. Um, he's basically saying, uh, "I, those of us who did the right thing, like saved our money. He's like, I worked two jobs, saved my money to pay back the student loans. My friend, who made my buddy, who made more money than me, didn't save his money, bought a car, bought a boat, whatever, spent his money in other ways. He's going to get loan forgiveness for his kids, and I'm not because I already paid the loans back because I worked my butt off. And she's laughing.
0: Yeah, she has the that smug leftist, uh, elitist thing going on. You can see it on her face. She's like, "Mm, you know, Uh, the the thing that shocks me, Carrie, is the amount of disdain that the left elite seems to have for normal people. And uh, and yet, I I don't know if people like how do people not see that? isn't it obvious to you that her disdain?
1: Well, in this video clip, yes, but you don't get to see a lot of these real interactions that's why I'm glad I got to watch this. You, everything you see is carefully orchestrated. You know, you see the you see the press conferences and the um, planted questions and the rallies and stuff, but um, you don't see a lot of this kind of. That, that, that this is a real person who took. Here's his moment, his chance, and he did a great job with it. By the way, sir, whoever you are, you used that opportunity well, and I'm glad that the camera caught it. And I'm glad. It, now, I, I do want to say this people, people's faces, my face makes weird, I do weird faces sometimes when I'm nervous. And I absolutely it could just be that she's having some reaction that's that's not betraying what it is that I'm assuming it's betraying. But yes, it happens to look like she's sort of like, you know, get at like not connecting with him, her face isn't right for what he's saying. And again, that could be shock and anxiety because she's not used to being confronted in this way but it it certainly doesn't read well looking at it
0: I don't know I'm I'm of a I I think even her orchestrated normal speeches and debates she looks condescending like that's why I dislike her she looks like her her facial expressions always look like she's a uh an arrogant leftist condescending person like that's how she speaks generally so I don't actually find this out of character at all. I find this totally in line with every other experience I've had. I guess. Yeah. The, I guess not. You don't feel that way, but. Um,
1: well, no, no, no. I'm just saying, I like to make allowances for. I mean, I don't. That's all. I'm just saying it could be something else. It could be that she, her face has got some weird. You know, I do that sometimes. So that being well, said. Well, but in
0: context, based on everything else we know about her. Right.
1: What What are you asking me?
0: I, I don't know. I, you're you're being overly <laughs> forgiving for her from in my in my from my opinion, right? You're like she presents herself as a an elitist woke snob who someone just in chat called her a scoldy teacher. Like she absolutely presents mm-hmm. herself that way in every other context, and here she is doing it personally. I don't really find the need to be like, well, maybe this time it's a muscle spasm. It's like, well,
1: well, I do feel the need to. So what's wrong with me saying that? <laughs> okay go ahead
0: i guess it just is
1: yeah why
0: why defend her i don't know
1: i'm not defending her i'm saying it could be that i'm saying i don't know
0: (laughs) all right well uh jason in chat um first of all he gave us five bucks thank you jason um for the super chat uh he says have you heard about the evergreen college style equity policies being pushed in the washington state government i haven't apparently benjamin boyce made a video and tweets about it have you seen this carrie no no. Um I mean it's not surprising to me but uh I didn't know that was happening. Um I have seen I have seen some stuff about uh what state was it? It might have been even Virginia. I read this morning. I don't remember. I'm sorry, but uh I did see something about I think it was Virginia trying to get rid of the um allow localities. Oh, that was about guns. It was about Virginia trying to allow localities to override to have more restrictive gun laws um so it wasn't related i don't know why they're connected in my brain but um so yeah there was that carrie um you know what else i wanted to mention carrie based on our show yesterday which yeah. i liked i don't know people said it was sad i don't know i guess really? it was depressing. yeah but it did well
1: yeah i thought it was a good show Wait.
0: i thought it was a good show and it did well it performed well um but uh one thing I didn't bring up yesterday that I just maybe uh, it's
1: because you picked such a sad photo of a woman who looks like she's contemplating throwing herself off that bridge.
0: Yeah, well, that was intentional. <laughs> uh, the
1: picture, the picture is pretty sad.
0: The picture was sad. <laughs> anyway, hey, someone wants to volunteer to be our our show producer and graphic artist. To step right up for free. Otherwise, that's what you get. Yeah, you get. What you get. Um, yeah, you know, I, I didn't bring this up yesterday, but I wanted to quickly bring it up today because uh, something that I thought of when we were talking yesterday about, especially after reading those articles, was um, I remember thinking to myself, no wonder the MGTOW movement is a thing, right? Can you imagine being a young man reading articles like that um, about women who are just reveling in the tears of their husband and their how much they've hurt him when they've divorced and... um you know, no wonder MGTOW is an actual thing. And I, so I, I don't know a lot of MGTOW. I looked up the MGTOW site um, and the sentiment on the front page, anyway. I didn't read all of the site. The sentiment makes a lot of sense given the cultural that we talked about yesterday. It says the definition of MGTOW for them is men going their own way is a statement of self ownership where the modern man preserves and protects his own sovereignty above all else. It is the manifestation of the word no. Ejecting silly preconceptions and cultural definitions of what a man is, looking to no one else for social cues, refusing to bow, serve, and kneel for the opportunity to be treated like a disposable utility, and living according to his own best interest in a world which would rather he didn't. In other words, common sense for men. Now, I don't actually agree with MGTOW's conclusions about and how to react to culture, but I understand it in light of what we talked about yesterday.
1: Right. That clip is definitely going to be taken out of context. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, Carter
1: saying, I understand, MGTOW. <laughs>
0: Whatever. They take anything yes. out of context. I mean, I do. I understand it. I don't think it's the path that will lead to um, the best life for the men that are in it, but I get the reaction, right? I get it. Yeah. So.
1: No, I um, get it too. It's that um, overreaction thing, I think, for every, you know, every action an equal and opposite reaction and because things have become so extreme in one direction you get you're going to get an extremity some part of the response is going to be extreme as well and so men going their own way which is what that means right it's like men abandoning the idea of men becoming misogynist is how I view it quite honestly but I again I agree with you I I understand I don't agree with it I understand why it's happening though
0: Yeah, I don't. I can't tell how much of it. Again, I don't know a lot about it. I can't tell how much of it is misogyny. I know there are misogynists who are involved in it, but I don't know if it's all misogyny or if it's just like some people who are like, "I'm checking out and playing video games, and like, I don't. I'm gonna live my own life. I'm not gonna get married. I'm not gonna have kids. I'm afraid of you know. I'm afraid of being with a modern woman. Like I, you know, I I don't know how. And I don't. I don't count that as misogyny. That's just. um, I think cutting off your nose despite your face but uh it's i I wouldn't count that as misogyny but there are some i know there's some misogyny there um carrie the other thing again i just just about our again sort of in relation to our um, conversation yesterday not exactly but related um i saw this thing in the cut which i guess is part of new york magazine i don't normally read new york magazine um but this is, this is a, there's a Ask Polly column. And this person writes, I have everything, but I'm still sad and angry. And it's a woman writing. And I'm not going to read the, the whole thing or, or even get into it too much. But uh, she basically says, I've got all these things going on in my life, but I'm still unhappy and sad a bunch of times. And the person, Polly, the expert, writes back. It's this big, long, you can see how long Polly's response is. It goes from here. Uh, you know, it's a long response, right? But, you know, the essence of the response here is, is basically, um, let's see if I can find, yeah, here's the essence of the response. She writes, the best way I know to stop stigmatizing these primal drives is not by scolding yourself for doing so, but by making more space for them, making more space for hunger and restlessness, And watching closely to see where these feelings, which are not remotely negative, lead you. Um, The whole thing, the whole response is really just about, um, it's a bunch of vacuous uh, psychologizing without really getting to what's likely the real problem. It's, it's, It's treating these symptoms for what I think is the real problem, which is like you've described a life of no purpose. You've described no purpose, no meaning in your life. And you've got angst about it. Like, of course you have angst about it. Yeah, you have all the material things that you wanted, but you didn't find meaning. You didn't find purpose. And and yet, here we have the, the advice, which is standard in our culture today. This is nothing special about this Polly's advice here. It's just, uh, you know, here's a bunch of psychological tools to try and deal with this and treat the symptoms without ever really getting to the heart of the matter, which is you're unhappy because you basically have no purpose and meaning in your life.
1: I've seen a lot of these kind of letters lately. I was looking for one while you were talking about that. I can't find it, but there was another one. Um, there was another one I saw recently about a woman who was in her late thirties and, and she had written in about, um, regretting not having anything of permanence yet. And, you know, moving to different cities and starting over several times and starting her different relationships over several times. And, um, she seemed to be going through that kind of midlife crisis that we've touched upon before that uh, you know, women on average today say that their happiness is lower than women on average used to say uh, in the fifties. It's been declining since then. And, um, and the response was kind of, it just didn't seem very helpful. The response was just sort of like celebrate your artistic achievements. Cause this woman was a, uh, I think she was a writer. She was some type of, artist and but hadn't had a great measure of success yet either so it's like well then what is she it's just sort of i don't know be happy with the day you know day-to-day stuff i'm like yeah sure but she's got some deeper questions here she's asking you about meaning and you're not answering them
0: yeah well because the nihilistic culture that we're in doesn't have an answer to meaning right there is no answer um so can't can't answer it uh I don't know, Carrie, there's another topic I could talk about. Is there anything that you want to interject before I go down my list of topics?
1: I'd like to go back to Elizabeth Warren so I can finish what I was going to say.
0: Oh, we didn't finish Elizabeth Warren?
1: (laughs) No, because you started arguing with me about... Look, we can argue and have differences of opinion. I just... um, I thought you were arguing with me about something inane. Like, there's nothing wrong with me saying, I don't know why her face did that. It appears to me that it's, it means one thing, but there's always the possibility that it's something else, which is all I was trying to say. Um, well, I won't argue that, with then, that there's
0: always a possibility. Yeah. I will agree with that.
1: And I know people who, have being someone who has uh, social anxiety in certain situations, and I'm sure a lot of people in the audience do, you never know what, my face has the wrong look on it all the time. So that's all I was saying. It's not a defense of her. It's like allowing for the possibility that they're that I don't know, I'm not God. So that being said, I was going to add <laughs> that she, in the other videos and stuff I've seen of her though, and I'm thinking specifically of the one where she's having a beer in her kitchen, that one did not come off to me as, there being some kind of possibility, uh, maybe there is, but it didn't come off to me as social awkwardness, so much as a person who is um, being fake, and is too concerned with what people think of her, and is too concerned with doing the right thing, and being electable, and so it just really, that that beer video of her having a beer with her husband was so phony, it read as so phony to me, and, um, and one of our viewers actually, was saying something the other day about how, um, she, I hope it's okay that I say this, I won't name you. So, but that she had met with some of the Elizabeth Warren people early on in the com- the campaign and, uh, that they had, that the campaign people had said to her that, you know, Oh, don't worry. Warren is willing to do, she'll change her position if it, whatever she needs to do to get elected like oh, that. Really? <laughs> but, yeah. And it's sort of as a it sounded like it was as a reassuring thing like look she is gonna we're gonna get her elected don't you worry you know it's like that is not why would you want to vote for someone who's just a chameleon who's just changing the, the, according to which way the wind blows and that's why she if if that's true that's why I think she reads so phony and so empty you know there are others in the yeah. campaign who read as phony to me as well but um but that beer video definitely <laughs> seemed like a seemed like a kind of a fake yeah and a calculated thing you know like very calculated
0: yeah um she actually reminds me quite a lot of hillary clinton um which is odd because uh i think as much as many people voted for trump i think a lot of people just voted against hillary um and and yet it seems like they're kind of doubling down on that kind of persona it's this um it's my impression of Elizabeth Warren, but she, she, she is, uh, she seems to have a lot of resentment and bitterness. She seems to be like a bitter, uh, fake power monger, uh, which is exactly Hillary Clinton. Um, so it seems like they've just, the left has just replicated their problem, um, by pushing Elizabeth Warren. I don't understand the strategy behind it, but, uh, I would find it hard to believe if she won.
1: Yeah, well I don't I don't think it's weird because at the beginning uh I was totally wrong. I thought but being from Texas and seeing how popular he was here, I thought Beto had a good shot at getting the nomination. I'm very happy I was wrong cuz I think he's awful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but our friend Mike Harlow was saying way early, he predicted that Warren would get the nomination. I was like, no way. There's no way they would pick her. She has no shot. And uh, But now it looks, I mean, no, 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 not anymore. But for a while, it was looking like she might be about to get the nomination. And I'm like, My, Mikey was onto something. If she did get it, though, I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell she would win without interference by... Google and social media which and all may happen places,
0: to be clear may yeah.
1: happen but um, or wait
0: let me maybe which will it happen
1: happening <laughs> yeah. well I don't I don't think that uh I don't think that she has a chance of beating Trump just on the merits and likability no I don't think of the American public I don't think she's very likable and it, that unfortunately that yeah that is important people want someone who I mean and Trump hear me out I didn't vote for Trump I spent a lot of time Hating him without knowing why, <laughs> um, but for for all of all that you may say about him, and yes, I understand he's very unlikable to a large number of people. He's also even to some people who don't like him though, he's funny, and he doesn't come off as phony. You may not like him, but at least he's got a personality. At least he, at least it's not like a, you know, he's testing the wind and then. At least I don't get that. I just He just goes out there impulsively and says whatever he wants. He's not like, let me do a fake video where I'm opening a beer with my spouse and trying to be robotically normal.
0: Yeah, like, you kind of know what you're getting with Trump.
1: Yeah, and you may not like it, but at least he, I don't know. She just seems like she's the calculated result of a lot of focus groups put into a pantsuit. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> Just put it into <laughs> like a pantsuit they, by the way i i will also make a culpa. i was like you you're from texas so you're thinking beto's gonna win i thought kamala harris was gonna win uh because i'm in california and i was like oh it's, only, it's kamala harris i was dead wrong she uh died either right around the same time or shortly after beto um and uh i didn't think warren had a chance either so yeah, go mikey it, i mean
1: yeah mikey predicted that um I don't know uh, who. So I haven't even really been following it. But last I saw, Biden was leading in the polls. Is it still Biden?
0: Uh, I I think it's still Biden, but Warren. uh, I don't think she's out. Like she's still contender, right?
1: Okay. Yeah, she's still contender. Which I she's one of the two. Why she's swinging so hard at Bernie with that uh, that microphone thing? You know. The hot. Yeah,
0: she she's one of the two that New York Times just endorsed. Remember
1: oh so right, right right yeah she's
0: still okay. she's still up there um epistavus says i should speak to mike Carlo when he comes to the walkway town hall in san francisco on february 1st uh who says i'm not
1: yes
0: cool
1: so uh oh and i just wanted to say hi to uh the good doc is in chat carlin yeah, yes it was she she's and she said
0: she called me out for um wait she had a, she coined a new term being an academic She's allowed to coin new terms because she's uh, she has doctor in front of her name. So okay. <laughs> she coined a term. Wait, where is it? I'm scrolling through chat. I man-changed the subject. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you did man-change the
0: <laughs> I man-changed.
1: Uh, <laughs> poor, I, uh, poor Carrie.
0: You were sideswiped by a man-changed subject oh, thing. I, yeah.
1: I female-wrestled it back later <laughs> after I got over my feelings about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> why, can we? Is this a good time to bring up that one time Carter said, "This is why I don't work with women."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did say that, but I don't know if I said that on air. Carrie, is this now you new? did oh. I, I
1: think it was new <laughs> knowledge.
0: I did say that. I did say it. Uh, yeah, and <clears throat> in fairness, I meant it.
1: <laughs> 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 uh.
0: Okay, anyway um i oh, i work with said you said, you
1: said it. it on air so uh, no i
0: i know i you were being you were being at the time you were being particularly emotional and like unable to cope with some reality that was minor i don't remember what it was but uh you're definitely it was one of those times you needed it to be said
1: <laughs> Oh, i did huh okay. <laughs> yes you did
0: uh Keith the hat guy says the best humor has truth behind it uh yeah don't get me in trouble anymore keith all right we we should move on i'm about to i'm I'm digging my i'm digging a hole for myself um carrie you um you were not familiar with this book when i brought it up this morning um but would you like to be familiar with a book called how to be an anti-racist
1: yes i uh since yeah go ahead i looked up (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> i feel like you're like a. it's like you went to the doctor and someone's like would you like the flu shot I'd say, i'm just gonna hurt i'm gonna jab your arm y- yes i guess i want the. Flu
1: shot, <laughs> if you must <laughs> let's get this out sure. of the way no, <laughs> sure carter get it over
0: with tell me about this friggin' book um
1: no really go ahead i do want to hear about it i
0: didn't i didn't read the book to be clear so um this is a second-handed horrible way to do a book review so um, this doesn't count as a book review. But I'm going to talk about someone else who did read the book and did a book review on it. So this book is called How to Be an Anti-Racist. It's by Ibram X. Kendi. Apparently, it's a bestseller right now. And it is, quote, critically acclaimed. So those are two strikes against it right away. Why? Um, Oh, critics. Because critics? (laughs)
1: Because critics. At least one strike you get it for the, for the
0: critics. At least one strike. So... Uh, but in New York Magazine, of all places, uh, Andrew Sullivan writes a great review um, of this book. Now, this book, this guy basically in the book uh, talks about his life growing up, and I guess he's an African American. He talks about his life growing up, and the, the review starts by kind of praising how um, nuanced his view of the world is and an interesting story about his life, and so he's like a decent writer writing about his life. Um, but, uh, he kind of leaps to these conclusions where, uh, he's in this world of kind of black and white binary thinking where everything I'm going to quote this right now from the reviewer, everything in the world, he argues is either racist or anti-racist. There's no such thing. And this is a quote from the book, from the book, quote, there is no such thing as a non-racist or race, race neutral policy. If discrimination is creating equity, then it's anti-racist. If discrimination is creating inequity, then it is racist.
1: Okay, this is bullshit, and I'll tell you why. I'm sorry for the curse.
0: No, this is why I want um, you to hear the review, so you can jump in and tell us it's well, bullshit.
1: Well, that's BS because, as you, I mean, that's ridiculous. It's too. You, you're dividing everything into the world. I, look, this coffee cup is not anti-racist or racist. It it just doesn't fit into those two categories. We can all name a million things that don't fit into those two categories. It reminds me of how uh the simplistic way of looking at the world, the the you're with us or against us way of looking at the world that you said uh when you read the Antifa handbook they said that the definition of a fascist (laughs) is anyone who's not a Marxist. Yeah. Well that's crazy. And so uh yeah, to put it it is a this is a way of trying to strong arm you to coming over and becoming one of their what they call anti-racist which is actually a racist come on like their idea the sjw ideology is racist but the way they're trying to strong, they're like you're with us or against us you know like you're either anti-racist or you're racist there's no other you're either with us and we're we're saying we're the anti-racist you're either with us or you're racist it's it's bs it's the same way it's the same thing they do with the trans thing we talked about before they're like you either go along with us on everything and say there's a hundred genders and or gender does, or biological sex doesn't exist, or you're a transphobe. Well, that's that's BS also. Like,
0: yeah, uh, no, <laughs> anyway. you're 100 percent correct. Um, it it is it, it is that black and white thinking that we read about in Coddling of the American Mind recently for our book club. It's that it's that kind of um, manichean like it's good or bad, right? Um, and the other thing I noticed about that quote from the book is. The guy's writing, if discrimination is creating equity, then it's anti-racist. If discrimination is creating inequity, then it's racist. What about not discrimination? What is is that? Is that can we contemplate not discrimination? No, (laughs) you may not contemplate that. That is not allowed. Okay, so the, the reviewer goes on to write, inequity is defined as any difference between any ethnic groups in their average outcomes in any field of life or work. Any policy that leads to any racial differentials in anything that doesn't roughly reflect reflect the racial demographics of the society is ipso facto racist. We've seen this before, right? Um, I just like to point out, it's an obvious thing, but I just like to point out, they never complain about the NBA. Never once heard that there aren't enough Jews in the NBA. So until they start complaining about not enough Jews in the NBA, I'm going to ignore their outcomes based categorization of things as racist or not.
1: Yeah, it's that's a really great point and they, they don't like it when you again when you engage in argumentation and you point out a flaw in their reasoning, a very obvious flaw. Like you're not applying this universally because if you were, then you would be complaining about the demographics of XYZ as well. Right. You really don't like that. And and uh but but I think I guess that's on my mind because I saw something – I don't want to go off topic, but I saw something re- uh, related to that this morning, this Piers Morgan clip, where it was the same thing. He used he used a bit of argument at, that the SJW didn't like because he was pointing out a flaw in their reasoning, and they don't, have, they don't really know how to come back from that. So then that's, of course, when they resort to name-calling, you're racist, you're transphobe, whatever, because they can't – there's really no response to that, I don't think. I mean what are you going to say? Somebody points out that your reasoning is not u- being universally applied. What well, do you have to say to that?
0: Yeah, I mean just to just to be clear um and I've talked about this at length pr- before and and I've written about it. Um universal application of principles is an enlightenment idea and as such it is antithetical to the ideology that the intersectionalists are pushing. They do not believe in universality. They do not want universally applicable rules, moral or other, otherwise. So uh, it's important to. I know that's mind-boggling because it seems like you would have to be either evil or retarded to not recognize the value of universal laws. But th- there we are. That's that's their viewpoint, um, and it, yeah. it's it's. Their philosophy is anti. That's why I keep saying they're about the destruction of the West, because philosophically they undermine core values of Western thought. Universality, universality being probably one of the major ones. Um, all right, here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep reading. This is a really good article, and this next paragraph, uh, this is not like paragraph by paragraph. These just a few I took out, um, but. Uh, Carrie, I thought of you on this one because you have consistently argued, um, correctly so, that uh, you're not forsaking liberal values by leaving the left, the left left liberal values. That sen- right. sentence made say, yeah. sense. So, uh, so he says, he writes, liberal values are therefore tossed out almost immediately. Kendi, a star professor at American University... And a recent Guggenheim Fellowship winner. So by the way, I'm just going to throw that out there for people who worship credentials. He's a star professor at American University and won the Guggenheim Fellowship. There's your credentials for you, folks. Uh, has He has no time for colorblindness or for any kind of freedom which might have some inequality as its outcome. In fact, and now we're going to quote the book again.
1: Can you quote, put this article up real quick so I can read along with you? Uh, I don't,
0: hard? uh, I don't, I'm not reading from the article. I'm reading from oh, okay. the, no the article, but, uh, in fact, here, I'll put the article up so people can kind of read here. Uh, in fact, I can probably find this, this spot's right here in the article. So I'm reading from this spot. All right. In fact, quote, the most threatening racist movement is not the alt rights unlikely drive for a white ethnostate, but the regular Americans drive for a race neutral one. Let's let's read that again. This is your star professor at an American university writing a best-selling, critically acclaimed book. He's a Guggenheim Fellowship winner, and he says the most threatening racist movement is not the alt-right's unlikely drive for a white ethnostate, but but which you may or may not agree with, but the regular Americans' drive for a race-neutral one. That that is the most threatening racist movement, the regular American's drive for race-neutral one. That is a shot directly at enlightenment values. That's what that so, is. So
1: I have uh, something to say about this. So this is very common in SJW world, in SJW belief systems. And I'm sure you guys, if you've encountered this ideology online or in real life, you've encountered this notion. Um, it, 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 Martin Luther King's birthday this is kind of appropriate because, you know, we just had MLK's birthday. Um, They have tried to, the same way they've tried to redefine what racist means and what sexist means so that they can program people to be racist and sexist and and justify behaving in that way. (laughs) Um, They've also tried tried to redefine what Martin Luther King Jr. stood for and one of his most famous quotes, which is about, looking forward to the day when, you know, his kids are judged by not the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. He's talking about who a person is. He's talking about individualism. He's talking about the things that are really important, not race, about getting beyond race, getting beyond sex, getting beyond these immutable characteristics that, that um, humans like to divide each other into and judge one another on. And, you know, these groups we put each other in. This movement is racist, but in order to get you to push it, they have to convince you that it's not. And so to you, if you use those words of Martin Luther King, those are very effective words because there's so much truth in those words and they can't have you using them. They can't have you. And so one of the things they try to do is redefine who he was and, um, They try and make light of of that part of his speech, of some of his most famous quotes and ideas. Um, They also will do the thing, I'm sure you guys have seen this, um, if you're white, like they do with anything else, that's an easy attack. If you're you're talking about Martin Luther King and you're black, it's harder for them to attack you. They will find a way. But if you're white, it's just easy for them to say, keep his words out of your, you know, you're not allowed to, and and white SJWs will say this to white people. (laughs) Like they get to talk about him right but you don't especially white um, yeah yeah especially white SJWs will say this you don't get to you don't get to use his words I'm sure you guys saw on his birthday um this has become very popular in the past five years or so they will post stuff on social media in advance of his birthday um talking about how they don't want to see any milk toast white liberals posting MLK quotes and you know it it's an attempt to again limit what you're allowed to interact with and engage with and think about it's an attempt to um, take his ideas away from you and take them away from us as a society because his ideas are so important because his idea of a colorblind society is so important and this ideology is not colorblind I like how this lays it out plainly it's not colorblind they want you to see color they want to demonize you and demonize anyone who wants to see beyond race and to judge people on something other than race. They, w- they will say that's impossible to do, which is BS. They'll say it's impossible to do, which I feel like is a kind of projection, honestly, because they have trouble doing it. <laughs> but <laughs> They um, certainly do. <laughs> yeah, they do. They have trouble seeing beyond race. Um, but they'll say it's impossible to do, and therefore, because it's impossible, we must do it. And that's how we end racism. None of that makes a load of sense, does it?
0: Yeah. But anyway. I don't know, Carrie. Um, It makes me want to, next Martin Luther King Day, it makes me want to make a video of only white people reading Martin Luther King quotes.
1: (laughs) Oh, that would make them very, very, very angry. (laughs) The SJWs but it doesn't need to even be only white people. It, it, have a video of people of all different races. Just if you are reading his quotes, they will be angry. They don't like you talking about his ideas about uh, living in a world in the future where we judge people on the content of character. They don't like that. That idea, that idea is poison. It is the antidote. That idea is the antidote to their poison put it that way that idea is the antidote to the poison that they're selling and so they can't let you speak the antidote so they'll come up with a hundred ways to say this is why you can't say that Martin Luther King quote or this is why you can't share that speech or you can't like him or you can't you know um, it's harder. again it's harder to do if you're black but they'll they'll still try to do it they'll still try and, and yeah. cherry pick things to paint a different portrait of him than than that that try and paint something paint him um, as someone who he wasn't put it that way so anyway, I, I always say to people, cause it, this happened when I started as an SJW, you know, you learn all these rules, what you're allowed to do and not to do. And like, I'm sorry, I'm on a bit of a monologue here, Carter, but um, I'll wrap this up. It's just that you learn all these things you're not allowed to say, or you are allowed to say. And so you're, you're not really thinking. I've said this before. You're just kind of sorting through all the rules and trying to say the correct ideal the the ideologically correct thing. And any SJWs who are watching, you know that's true. You may be mad that I'm saying it and I'm I'm calling it out for what it is, but it's true. You sit there and you run through like, what's the correct thing to say? And and you spit that out. You're not actually engaging in thought. And so what do you do? You don't say those Martin Luther King Jr. quotes because you know you're not supposed to and So when I started getting out of this belief system and I started, as you know, reading a lot more and paying attention and think to a lot more um, different kinds of writers and and great thinkers and philosophers and just people, I got more interested in history and stuff and and I started collecting a lot of quotes that I like that made me think about things differently and, you know, I quote C.S. Lewis a lot and um, there are a couple of others, but I – Martin Luther King has a lot of great quotes as well. And, and, and when you use those quotes, inevitably an SJW will pop up in your comments to say, you know, keep his name out of your mouth. Again, that's one of their favorite phrases. And <laughs> my, my suggestion to you is just to say, no, I will not stop engaging with a great thinker because you are an authoritarian who wants to tell me what I can and can't <laughs> read or who I can and can't engage with. Like, he's a brilliant thinker. You don't get to tell me that I don't get to read his writing or speak it or think about it or pass it on. You don't own him. It's disgusting to say that you do. So it's a lie to say that you do. So that's all. That's my little thing. There. Are you clapping? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't clap and switch the camera to my clapping at the okay. same time. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I thought it was a great – uh, that was a great rant, Carrie. Um, you're absolutely right. And the thing that I suspect is uh, – I think I'm not one to come rush to the defense of the social justice warriors, so I'm not doing that. But I actually think a lot of people have that mental process going on in their head that you describe. A lot of people are cycling through acceptable things to say, say the thing, rather than actually thinking for themselves. I think SJWs do it um, probably more so and to a greater extent, and they're certainly the most vocal about it. But I think a lot of people live their lives that way they're not actually thinking about things they're regurgitating stuff that they read or that they've heard or that their friends have said and uh that's a that's not the way to move society forward that's for sure Mm -hmm. um which is why i like a lot of the heterodox people who are like people who have left the democrats for example um they've they've shown that they were thinking you have to be thinking in order to leave something right um most people that i uh most people that i agree with and like are people who have left some ideology like like they they broke out of something um it wasn't they weren't just they didn't think this way their whole life they broke out of something and now they're asking questions um so
1: yeah
0: yeah uh all right well um
1: okay back to the piece
0: yeah but by, by the way uh i kind of i'm partly serious about that video if you know any albinos who would be willing to quote <laughs> martin luther king in a video that would be great maybe gingers but albinos would be preferable. Uh, send them on over. Anyway, Carrie's, Carrie is right now crawling under a rock. She doesn't want to be associated Why? with me. I don't know. I feel like whatever I said was just bad. No.
1: No, I just don't think it needs to be white people. I think I think that's a limitation. I think it's a better point just to have it be people reading his words. But it bothers them less. Mm. But you're being you're being manipulated by them when you're making it all. Wh- I don't know. I just don't think it's. I don't think the joke is worth I think it's funny or just a, anyway we just have a difference depending on how we would do that video that's all
0: <laughs> not actually a very important point no on either <laughs> side so it doesn't matter all right um so wait I just there are a few more spots I want to read here so Carrie you also talk about how they're all about power right mm-hmm. uh very next thing again quoting from this review he has no time for persuasion or dialogue either Again, here's a quote from the book. An activist produces power and policy change, not mental change. Let's read that again. An activist produces power and policy change, not mental change. In other words, an activist does not change your mind. He forces you. All there is is power. You either wield it or are controlled by it. And power is simply the ability to implement racist or, quote, anti-racist policy. So, um, and as he says here, the book is therefore not an attempt to persuade anyone. It's a life story interspersed with a litany of pronouncements about what you have to do to be good rather than evil. Um, That, I thought that was uh, a brilliant, uh, a brilliant point. So Mm -hmm. he also goes on to then says, so for the reader who is not interested in entertaining doubts what does it take well, to become an anti-racist, he's going to tell us. Sorry, well, Carrie, do you want to interject?
1: Yeah, back up to that part real quick about power.
0: Uh, let's see.
1: The part you just read.
0: Yep. Uh, so I, where I read was basically from here to about here.
1: Uh, no, I'm sorry. I was looking at something else. Right there. An activist produces power and policy change, not mental change. All there is is power. You either wield it or are controlled by it. Empower simply the ability to implement racist or anti-racist palsy. <clears throat> this is again. I just wanted to highlight the fact that. Yep. What have we talked about before on this on unsafe space a lot, which is power is what this ideology worships. It's yep. what it's centered around. So if you were to say, um, you know, uh, people when people are trying to explain what this is. To someone who thinks it's something else, I usually start there. It's a belief system that they view the world like the best way to look at the world. They think that the world is just a struggle for power among groups. That's your ba- that's your basic starting point of defining what this is. But it's like he's laying it out for you in this piece. I really like this piece. Go ahead. That's all. That it's, was
0: my. It's only- a it's a spectacular piece. I really recommend yeah. it, and I put the link in. Um, the chat. I'll put it in the description of the video as well. Um, one thing I, I want to mention that is, to me, sadly ironic, I guess, is the right word. But uh, Az Gardner in chat says, "Might makes right." <clears throat> Obviously, he's he's paraphrasing, summarizing uh, with a common phrase what's being said here. Might makes right. The thing that I find fascinating about this is, or not fascinating, but interesting about this, is there is a, I believe that one of the tomes, well not tomes, one of the uh, canonical white supremacist books is a book called Might Is Right. Um I think that's I think it's a white supremacy book. I've not read it, but I'm I'm pretty sure like it's a, a white supremacy thing. It was referenced in one of the shooters last year or something, had this book. Um and uh you know, it's it's funny to me that the same it's exactly the same philosophy that the quote anti racists have as the white supremacists they're both making the exact same argument which is might is right it's all about might and power like they're both saying the exact same thing there's no difference between them and both of them yep. are completely incompatible with western culture so um also denzel says might is right was a nato slogan really oh it is a, it's a book also i didn't realize it was a nato slogan that's disturbing Um, But not if you don't like NATO. So, all right. (laughs) So, um, all right. So I just want to read a couple more more parts here. Not a lot, Kerry, but he says, so for the reader who is not interested in entertaining doubts, what does it take to become an anti-racist? Kendi finishes his book with a uh, (laughs) pathetic, uh, pathetic, sorry, platitudinous list of must-dos. Now, I'm going to skip over the must-dos, but... um, Uh, Later he he writes, It's hard not to notice that there is no room for changing minds and hearts in his world view. The point is to get and use power. You do not vote racist politicians out of office or persuade others to do so in a liberal democratic process. You compel them or drive them from office with anti-racist power. And one is oh. left to wonder what he could possibly mean by that.
1: Can I can I jump in and say what I think he means?
0: Go right without, ahead
1: without having read the next part. Yep. This is this is exactly my experience in leaving the SJW world. Uh, leave it there for just one second. They um, huh. they do not care about persuading. They do not care about changing the minds of people. And I found this out when I kind of started changing my opinions about things and one of the first things I noticed was that they didn't seem to care about figuring out why Trump actually won so that we could prevent it from happening in the next election. They didn't really want to find out why and they didn't want to know why a bunch of people who voted for Obama voted for Trump. They didn't want to know why. They didn't want to know why a bunch of Bernie voters voted for Trump. And then when when people started walking away like our friend Mike Harlow who left the party um, I left the party. A ton of people started walking away, and I've met a lot of walk-away people in the last couple of years. They don't care that we're walking away. They don't care to get us Which back. It's so
0: weird, right?
1: It is so weird, but they don't care. And, and if you ask them, and I've, I've, I, it took, I, I asked for a while because I I, it sincerely confused me and, because it's like, isn't your goal to win? And so when I would ask them, like why, why don't you seem to care about winning back the people you've lost? or the people who are kind of in the middle that you could lose, right, who are were, who were kind of getting on shaky ground with you, or you getting on the shaky, shaky ground with them, their answer is that they'll just go uh, get new voters, people who haven't voted before. That was one of the answers I got. Um, but the other thing I think is what this, what this is pointing to is that it's about using whatever power they have to get the outcome they want. It's not really about persuading people, it's about look at the whole impeachment circus, for example. It's like, well, we have the power to do this, and which which of the Democratic politicians said, you know, if we wanted to, we could impeach him every week and we will. I, I missed
0: that <laughs> Remember one. Remember that?
1: One of them said something like that, you know, it's like, wow, what a what a way to misuse your power and to waste our time and money. Like we've elected you guys to make laws and instead, you, you, you're perfectly willing to waste our time impeaching this guy over and over because you don't like him personally or whatever. You know, you don't like that, that, that he won. Um, but, but anyway, that, that I, I've seen in real life. It, it couldn't be more true. And at first it baffled me, but they don't really seem concerned about um, bringing you over to their point of view through persuasion or good arguments the only thing that th- that works for them and that they use effectively is um, is the fear is fear of being mobbed or of being um, ostracized
0: yeah so they're good at that.
1: they they're good at that and that's I mean I mean that's what authoritarians do that's what you titled this video about being a tyrant right they're tyrants if yeah. they only they don't know how to persuade with arguments so they persuade with fear control social ostracism ostracization i'm saying it's hard for me to say that word um you know threats to your businesses doxing threats to your safety like that's all the that's all they know how to do to get you to come over to their side yeah i don't that's just me i, I could some of that could be wrong that's just me ranting off the top of my head but yeah
0: well uh, to that. elizabeth in chat says that it was maxine waters who said the what you're thinking um that they were oh, really keep him
1: which, Somebody said that. Like, we just keep doing it.
0: <laughs> in, in fairness, Maxine Waters is dumber than a sack of hammers. So that's understandable. <laughs> um, also, Dr. Karla Brisenko, if I hope I'm saying that right, says they don't believe walk away is real. They still think it's like Russian bots. And she's right. Um, and this is, I think this is actually interesting to observe. It's not that they're, some, like, some of them are saying we don't care that you walked away. But a lot of them are actually instead of at least at least saying I don't care that you walked away is a recognition of reality on some level. I see that you walked away and I recognize that it happened and I'm arrogant enough that I don't care. But they are not even they would rather self delude like it's not happening. They're all bots. It's not happening. Like that's their that's their that's their method of dealing with reality. It's quite uh, fascinating.
1: Well, two comments in chat I want to highlight Big Bill says they don't want you back because they know that you're not scared of them. And that's true. Their magic words, their scare tactics, their control for you to walk away, all of that had to have failed. And so for the ones who are really dumb who are in it, they don't, they don't really get it. They don't really get why you walked away, but they don't understand it. And so they don't think they can win you back. But the ones who are smarter, they know that you're not afraid and that none of that stuff works. And so what's the point? They can't get you. It's like they know they can't because you're thinking now. Do you know what I mean? So I I totally agree with Big Bill. They know that you're not scared of them, so they don't care about getting you back. Um, The other comment I wanted to point out was Epistavus says, I have a black friend who literally told me that black people who wear MAGA hats do not need to be won back. He said they instead need to be conquered. (laughs) I believe Let's it. conquer black
0: people. That's a leftist thing, right? Yeah. Sure. I that that sounds liberal.
1: Yeah, I've seen a ton of this crap. It's it's yeah, they it's like you become persona non grata, like you become their enemy. And instead of, hey, this person um left the party and like me, I didn't become a Republican. I'm still winnable. I'm an independent now. But they don't care. <laughs> like you know, it's like I'm just someone to be conquered. I don't know. Well
0: anyway. Yeah. Uh, put him in the gulag that's right that's right doc put him in the gulag um, alright that's, so that's their philosophy so I do want to read a little bit more so we got to this okay. we got to this point Carrie and you were saying um, <clears throat> we got to the point where we said what could I, one is left to wonder what he could possibly mean by that and what we're saying what he's asking is what could this author possibly mean by using force and power and blah 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 Right? not, not persuading people so the author, uh, of, of the, um, the author of the 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 author of book review says, Kendi's careful not to say the quiet part aloud, um, like the part that he's not saying, right? Hence the vagueness at the end of the book. But in a recent political symposium on how to fix inequality in America, Kendi did get more specific. Here we go. He supports a constitutional amendment that, quote, enshrines two guiding anti-racist principles— racial inequality is evidence of racist policy and the race different racial groups are equal here's how he thinks it should work this is a, this is the author of the book this is your star academic with many credentials it would establish and permanently fund the department of anti-racism um we would exhume george orwell to, no sorry uh <laughs> comprised of formerly trained experts on racism. And no political appointees, no political appointees, formally trained experts, i.e. me and my buds. The (laughs) DOA would be responsible
1: for... This is so scary. I love that it's the DOA.
0: I hope it is indeed dead on arrival. The DOA would be responsible for (laughs) pre-clearing all local, state, and federal public's policies to ensure they won't yield racial inequity monitor those policies, investigate private racist policies when racial inequity surfaces, and monitor public officials for expressions of racist ideas. The DOA would be empowered with disciplinary tools to wield over and against policymakers and public officials who do not voluntarily change their racist policies and ideas. So there you have it, Carrie. That's why I used the word tyrant in the title. At the end of the day, this quote brilliant professor whatever this this learned guy this this intellectual academic this uh celebrated professor at american university the guy with the uh best-selling book that people turn to and and act and expects to have some sort of uh intelligent take on the world his big idea is authoritarianism run by a little cabal of unelected people that are his buddies that's his goal that's his goal it's naked Tyranny. That's all they are. These people are just tyrants. Why won't you see that? They're just tyrants. They're not about any kind of equality. They're not even about any kind of equity. They just want tyranny. They want to rule you. That's all they want. You are their slaves. That's what they want. That's their big wet dream is to make you their slaves.
1: They want power. And they tell you that. It's like (laughs) we want power and we want to create this group of unelected people ourselves. Who get to get control over all these people's lives? Can you put that back up again so I can look at it?
0: Yeah, hold on here. (laughs) You see it? No, not. Oh, do you see it now?
1: No. Oh yeah, okay. Okay, here it is. Hold on. It would establish and permanently fund. Permanently, you never get to review. Like, uh, was this a good idea? These guys have been doing horrible, terrible things. Should we get? Should we defund them? Oh no, we permanently funded them. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: with it, whose it, money? Just yeah. <laughs> taxpayers'
1: money. Taxpayers' money. Permanently fund the Department of Anti-Racism. Yes, I just have to go through this with the Orwellian. I mean, come on, guys. Ministry of Truth. You know. Department of Anti-Racism, they always name these things, just like in Orwell. It's all named the opposite of what it actually is, the Department of (laughs) Anti-Racism. What do you think that's about, Carter?
0: You know what, Carrie, this is all I have to say about this, is the next time that someone is like, Carter, you're just being hyperbolic. It's over the top to declare, to to think that they want the destruction of Western civilization. Stop being such radical crazy. That's not what they want. How could you possibly say that? They're just good people trying to make the world better. They don't want to destroy society. I'm just going to point to this. Yes, they do. That's what they want. They want to destroy all of Western civilization. They want to run it in their little anti-racist cabal of unelected, permanently funded people who have absolute power over everyone. That's what they want. That's called a dictatorship
1: yeah, pull it back up one more second.
0: All right, sorry I'm I'm getting
1: okay. wild. I'm gonna bring you I'm gonna help you chill out.
0: Can't chill out. That was my goal this year to chill out. Oh, sorry Carter,
1: actually. my goal is to be on time and Carter's goal is to chill out. Okay <laughs> <laughs> um, the DOA, which again, <laughs> you're right it's hilarious dead on arrival. <laughs> I really do hope this is dead on arrival. Uh, the, uh, <clears throat> okay comprised of formerly trained experts on racism and no political appointees. So who are these experts? Well, it's an expert writing this, isn't it? So experts like this guy, the DOA would be responsible for clearing on federal public policies to ensure that they won't yield racial inequality, monitor. Oh my gosh, this is awful. Investigate private racist policies when racial inequalities are, and monitor public officials for expressions of racist ideas. Okay, you guys, think back over how crazy things have gotten. Think about the people who, um, in speeches and stuff, make an OK sign and are fired because of their because the media has been spreading this lie that that means white supremacy. Well, Expression- if it,
0: wasn't there even that guy at like, um, Carrie? Wasn't there like some normal dude at like a sports event who like had a? Wasn't he like doing this by mistake or something and he got in trouble?
1: Oh yeah, I think right? so.
0: Like it's there, not even politicians; it's like everyone now. It,
1: it's normal. Yeah, there's normal people. There was the, There's been a ton of these stories. Wait, go back to it again. I'm sorry, I keep making you go back. No, to that's cool. But, I'll go um, back. It's fine. Yeah. So there's there, normal everyday people getting fired because these things make it into the media. Like, look at this guy at the ba- baseball game making an OK symbol or whatever. It's white supremacy done. Fired. His, you know, he gets drug through the mud on social media. That That's happened a number of times. Expressions, racist exp- expressions, expressions of racist ideas. This makes me think of the Covington kid and how the media was so fa- fast to put his face up everywhere, this teenager, and say, and and label it. Okay, this goes back, call back to the beginning with Elizabeth Warren and why I say you never know what a face means. That guy's face of smiling, at they said it was smug and it was racist and they said all these things about it if you could be convicted based on a look they would have convicted that Covington kid so oh,
0: absolutely they would have
1: absolutely they would have convicted him smug racism white guy blah 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 um, when you see the video in context you're like wow it doesn't appear that way at all actually and you know he looked nervous and like he was smiling he didn't know what else to do and um anyway I just i that Freaks me out. It's chilling. Those of you who read George Orwell's 1984 with us in Book Club, remember the, uh, what was it in the book that was, um... oh gosh, Tamara, is Tamara in chat? Tamara will know what I'm talking about. Face crimes. Remember face crimes, Carter? Oh, yes, I do. Face crimes? Okay, that's what this is. They're going to give this body of people, unelected body of people, the power to investigate face crimes. <laughs> <laughs> This is Orwell's come to life, okay? That's what we're living in. We're living in a version of what Orwell predicted. I mean, talk about a visionary of what was to come. You know. Anyway, I don't,
0: Carrie. I don't know how people can pretend that they don't see it. Um, I don't. Sorry, I'm I'm partly distracted because there's yeah,
1: you're distracted. What are you doing? I'm talking to you. (laughs)
0: Sorry, Epistemus said his goal this year was to get his diamond encrusted jet and fit it with cocaine and a harem of women. I asked to be invited. Someone pointed out I was married. I said I would invite my wife. It's kind of spiraled into silliness in the chat. So I'll just I'll kind of pull out.
1: Okay, come back. Okay, i'll come back i'll come our back discussion and will you put that back up on screen one more time and stay yes, with me yes
0: i'm sorry carrie here it is oh
1: no i, I shouldn't be chastising you because you're chilling out <laughs>
0: yeah come on i'm chilling out although uh dr carlin said um uh my what did you, wait hold on what did she say
1: i, I was your- right on schedule
0: i was failing with my my new year's resolution. Anyway. Okay.
1: Um, okay, let me just continue this because I, I sometimes I have to read something a few times for it to sink in what they're saying. Monitor public officials for expressions of racist ideas. That's like face crimes, guys. Okay, the DOA would be and empowered. and
0: private racist policies. Just to be clear, yeah, yeah, that's
1: insane. Uh, the DOA would be empowered now again. Racists is they're using their new definition of racism, so they're not actually talking about real. They're talking about this is this. Imagine just like in Orwell, it's named the opposite of what it is. And these are people who are going out and their job is to bring you up on charges for not being racist. (laughs) Like like that's what they would be doing. The DUA would be empowered with disciplinary tools to wield over and against policy. Oh my gosh. It's like the
0: firemen in Fahrenheit 451, which I know we haven't spoken about yet, but yeah. Yeah.
1: And public officials who do not volunteer. Oh, this is hilarious. Public officials who do not look at that word voluntarily change. Their their so-called racist policy and ideas. Any of you guys who have been in any SJW war, I'll talk to the knitting people because I know that you're in chat, some of you. Uh, You know what that means, don't you? Have not voluntarily changed. What they mean is you haven't succumbed to the social pressure and the bullying and the mob and you haven't taken the knee and you haven't bowed and you haven't kissed the ring off to the gulag with you like you know either either be a coward and sit down and shut up and offer your stupid meaningless apology because it was demanded of you your cowardly apology or face the face the consequences that's one of the things um uh i was in i still sometimes will mix it up with some people on instagram some of some of our new followers and friends and um uh, I think it was the Good Doctor's thread. There was somebody talking about how uh, all the stuff that the SJWs did, all of the awful things they did, the bullying tactics, the trying to get people fired, trying to, um, you know, basically attacking people financially and emotionally and trying to ruin them for something as simple as posting a blog about being excited to go to India or posting a video like Maria did of talking about why she's going to leave Instagram because it's toxic. That's all they did. And this was the punishment they got. And you know what the SJWs were saying? Um, There's no freedom from consequences. Right. <laughs> and it's like, wow, that yeah, that's a great slogan to shout while you've got your pitchfork and you're running to harm someone. This is the consequence you get. You know, that, but it makes them feel good to say that. And it's like, yeah, social it, justice
0: it, is like a little thug yeah. pointing a gun at you, saying, "Hand over your wallet voluntarily."
1: Yeah, these are the consequences. You're about to get your head blown off, yeah <laughs> like, but it's voluntary. <laughs> I
0: use the word voluntary, so therefore it's all fine.
1: It's, I um, use the word voluntary, right? Somebody needs to point out to these people uh, consequences doesn't mean it's good or morally just. I think the consequences that your little mob inflicts are evil.
0: that's the point. The, the consequences are unjust that you're dishing yeah. out, yeah,
1: yeah, but they don't they think they can just say consequences as if it's somehow a just thing. What, oh, as if this, the word
0: consequences automatically makes it just?
1: Exactly. They use that word as if it makes it just. These are the consequences, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh. Right, you know, but they shouldn't be. <laughs> but they shouldn't be, yes.
0: <laughs> Those should not be the consequences. That's the whole right. point, morons. Like,
1: consequences can be awful and bad and wrong and unjust.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: I, I had a, a renter who ripped me off of. That was the consequence of me letting someone stay in my home without betting them and having them sign a rental agreement. (laughs) And I learned my lesson. Those are the consequences care. Yeah, but it still sucks. It's still bad. And still, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I was trying to think of an analogy, but the consequences of it. it, Anyway, that word, I was thinking about it more. I'm not, I'm, I'm, you guys are watching me think out loud, so I'm sorry. It's not very concise. And I I may not be um, making a good, a good point right now, but but my brain is still working on it, and I'll figure out what it is I want to say about that thing later, about consequences.
0: No, it's good. I mean, it, it, what they're telling you is, so in every society, if you're going to have a society with rules, you have a society with consequences for violating those rules. What they're, what they're signaling to you is, like, in our society, these are the consequences. that, Like, in, in the Soviet Union, the consequences for speaking out against Mother Russia were Siberia. In Nazi Germany, the consequences for being Jewish Jewish, were the gas chamber. Here, the consequences for, you know, traditionally in the U.S., the consequences for disagreeing with someone rationally and speaking it publicly have been, you know, pretty mild. They're saying, no, we're setting up a world where the consequences are severe. You lose your job, you lose all of your friends, you get banned from banks and social media, and uh, basically you become persona non grata because you said something that— may or may not be true uh, but regardless goes against the the doctrine of the woke so
1: oh, uh, one one quick point maria in chat maria tuscan says <clears throat> this is another phrase they use a lot they talk about uh, they use this simultaneously with there's no freedom from consequences they say they're holding you accountable that's another that's another phrase they use to mean mobbing you and trying to ruin you because they don't like your opinion and because you're not part of their cult.
0: (laughs) Well, again, I think holding you accountable along with these are the consequences is really a non-statement, right? It's a,
1: uh,
0: it's like, okay, yes, you're holding me accountable by what standards? Your standards are crap. That's the whole point. Your standards are the standards of a tyrant. So a tyrant can say, I'm holding you accountable because, you know, you looked at me funny and that means you go to the, the death chamber or whatever. Like, okay, like, That's still holding you accountable. The point is, your accountability system, your morals are upside down. Your morals are screwed up. That's the point.
1: Yeah, that is the point. Thank you for helping me think through this. Like, I'm holding you accountable for writing a blog post about why you're excited to go to India.
0: (laughs) Right. Imagine imagine it, because you're a Christian, imagine it reverse. Imagine that the devil is in control, and he's holding you accountable to his standards. Like, well, okay. Like, but are they good standards? It doesn't mean that they're good standards. It just means these are consequences and he's holding you accountable. Like, okay, that's not a, that doesn't, you know, excuse anything they're doing. That just actually makes it worse because they're they're explicitly saying, oh yeah, we like immorality. It would like to enshrine immorality in our social mores. Anyway, so crazy.
1: I, I, I um, i I've, I've- Anyway, I have to go soon. Oh, Posy Parker arriving. just went
0: live. She's coming on our show eventually. She said she would, so
1: Yay. we'll get her
0: on. Um But uh yeah, anyway, are you saying you have to go, Carrie? Is that what you're telling us?
1: Yeah, I have a dog arriving in like five minutes, so
0: people up. we just need we just need to get to the point where we can pay Carrie to not have dogs arrive at her house right <laughs> now. I mean, it'll be a while before we can pay you enough to not have another job, but maybe we can. And
1: so I don't have to go to the tax farm. <laughs>
0: yeah, maybe we can entice you to not have the show interrupted because someone's oh. coming over with a freaking dog.
1: Can I show you? Can I show you a cutie? And Carter, Carter your resolution is to chill out. So hold on, and let me humor me.
0: All right. <laughs> while Carrie is going, my version of chilling out is to mention uh, that Tulsi Gabbard is suing Hillary Clinton. I don't know if everyone saw that. Um, pretty awesome she's suing hillary for uh i think defamation because hillary called her a uh what a russian asset or something um also oan which is jack posobiec's uh right-wing i guess right-wing media company i don't really follow oan they're suing rachel maddow who apparently said that oan was quote really literally is paid russian propaganda which is obviously not true um so that's two more lawsuits on top of the, the Nick Sandman one against CNN, which we know was settled, but we don't know the amount. Uh, you know, there's getting I, to be some I cultural love, pushback. Are you I back with of, your dog?
1: Yeah. Because All right, here means, we go. It means that it's probably going to make the media companies less, uh, hopefully, less the journalists less reckless with the crap that they say that's not true. Look
0: at the. Yeah, I have, uh, I have mixed feelings about solving this through lawsuits, but that's we can talk about that another day.
1: Yeah. Let's look at a cute yeah, dog and, right now. Yeah. Carter doesn't care. No. Carter is a man unmoved. <laughs> <I> just, uh. <laughs> He's a cutie. Okay, he looks very old. Thing. Is he very old? No, actually, she. Thanks oh. for assuming her gender. She is <laughs> only two. All
0: dogs are male, Carrie.
1: <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay, well, I got to go. I, it doesn't mean you do. but. Um,
0: no, I'll go. I'm not so chill that I'm going to hang out without you in chat. So maybe next time.
1: You guys, thank you so much for joining. And and earlier, we didn't get a chance to talk, talk about it because we were uh, in discussion. But I did see all the back and forth you guys were doing about coffee and tea. And it was hilarious. And I have to go back and read all that later. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I just saw that there was stuff going on. I don't actually know what it was, but there was a there was a heated debate about tea and using the word hot in front of tea. So
1: Yeah, and yeah. about coffee and yeah, how do you take your coffee and whether or not it's racist and
0: it's funny. Well, I just I there's a very easy solution to that I can explain. If you're white, the way you take your coffee is racist. So oh. that's
1: how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. It doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> doesn't matter how you take your coffee. It's racist. Whatever you're doing, it's racist. Just stop.
1: Yeah, don't ask what, how you take the coffee. Just, are you white? The way you take your coffee is racist.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> that, that's Bye, how guys. it works. Yeah.
1: <sighs>
0: All right. Bye, Carrie. Have a good weekend. Yeah. And have a good weekend, we're doing guys. live Clefefe again on Monday at 11 a.m. PST slash 1 p.m. Texas time slash 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we'll see you on Monday for that. Any final words, Carrie?
1: Uh, We hope you'll join us for Book Club February 2nd. Keep reading Fahrenheit 451. That's all. Take care.